Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. The expression from the music inspired me so much to take risks and it inspired damn near the whole rap game. Hello again, I'm Adam Unz. You may know me as the host of The Opus, and now I'm bringing my own show, The Spark Parade, to the Consequence Podcast Network. I speak with artists and creatives about the cultural artifacts that spark their personal interest and creativity, whether it's music, books, movies, video games, or any other kind of art. I've never spoke about it in this amount of detail. I'm suddenly going, oh my God, I'm blowing my own mind here, Christ. It's, it's actually a giant part of my life. By talking about the things we love, we share and discover insights into our personality and the things that drive us. It's just magic, really. I mean, frustrating and it makes some people angry, but I don't think anyone's ever done anything like it. I speak with people like Connor Obers, Phoenix's Thomas Mars, Chris Gethard, Helen Hong, Adrian Young, and more, so their sparks of inspiration can start a fire in you. I'm grateful for those who continue to put our history and who we are as a people in the forefront and make you see it. Find the Spark Parade wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, 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 hey! How y'all Journey through the stories that define the artist playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year? That matter. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corder. Is there a more apropos band name uh, for today's show than I Don't Know How They Found Me? (laughs) Bonnaroo found you and put you on the Who stage today. This is the What Podcast and we dive into bands playing the Who stage, the Cafe Axe, the... Bands just announced this past week as additions to the lineup. I don't know about you, yeah, but I'm having probably more fun discovering bands than being excited about seeing the name acts that I know. Right. I was going to say that too. The the first thing I was going to say was uh, this is outside of the show that is all about me, Brad's <laughs> picks. This is my favorite one of the year. This is my favorite one in the entire series uh, because today we get to dive into bands that we have no idea who they are. Well, even last week with the rap and hip hop thing, I just like that. I think it's a lot of fun. That's why we started this last year. Yeah. Remember, you know, we looked at the lineup mm-hmm. and said, I don't know 70% of this lineup. So that was the whole idea. And um, I enjoy it. And it was a artist from last year that we found that played the Who stage that I think was maybe the turning point. And when we started realizing, oh, this is a thing. We can do this every week if we wanted to, and it was Davey. Right. The day that we found Davey, he played. He found himself on the Who stage later on in the summer, and then we just got obsessed, and then we found band after artist after band right. after artist over and over and over after Davey, and it really gave us the, the wind to our sails, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. That was a lot of fun. Davey was great, and if you remember, that right after that show was Warren Treaty, who just did the Grand Ole Opry, apparently, and crushed it. Well, here's the thing about the Who stage, and by the way, if you don't know, that's Barry Corder from the Chattanooga Times Free Press. I'm Brad from WDOD Radio Hits 96 in Chattanooga, Tennessee. This is the What Podcast, a podcast for Bonnaroovians by Bonnaroovians. If you've missed any episodes, of course, you can check out the whatpodcast.com and we will... Of course, give away Bonnaroo tickets if you interact with us via the whatpodcast.com, even on Instagram or Twitter at the what underscore podcast. The Who stage is maybe the hardest stage to play in a festival circuit. I can't imagine a harder place 
than three o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday when people are so tired, they're so beat up, and the heat has destroyed them. Standing on the hottest stage in America with the sun beating right down onto you with no shade whatsoever but one random tree to the right. I don't see how it gets harder than that. Uh, I don't disagree. I kept thinking, though, um, when we were talking to our guest, who will come on later, about something Adam from AJR said, talking they also started sort of as uh, buskers. And we're talking about how hard that is right. you know, to grab somebody's attention if they're walking by on Good a point. street yeah. versus, I, I think you asked him about that show down in Atlanta, maybe, or even the, even the run of the Chihuahuas, the difference between busking where people are walking by and you got to grab their attention versus they're there kind of to see you. Well, see, that's, at least they're there for a show. They're, you know? Okay. But the, the difference is, is if you're playing on the street, you realize that people are going to be walking by and you realize that more often than not, they don't care. If I'm standing on the who stage, I'm doing everything I can to bring you in. And if you're still not paying attention, oh, what a hard No, no, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. It's almost, <laughs> it's almost, you can just look out at some of those people in that audience and they're like, man, not so loud. <laughs> Not so loud. Man, the did they realize still... what kind of night I had? Exactly. <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> my ears are ringing from Post oh Malone. Oh my God, I'm still. But that Davy show is a perfect example. That's right. That's right. We went because we picked him. and We, we randomly found him. Randomly. He was a Bonnaroulette guy. And it hit everything that you and I like. Absolutely. And we went hoping to meet up with some listeners to the podcast. Uh, I don't think we did. We just kind of wandered over. But the thing I remember about that show is they were having so, so much, much fun. fun. Yeah. It and just it just reached out and grabbed you. You better, because at that time of the day, see, that's the slot that I'm talking about. Absolutely. That Davey midday hot as hell slot. Yeah. Where was it a Friday or is it a Saturday? Either way, it Either was way. not fun. And we had already been there you, a long time. I we, knew that. We had been there a while. I got in a fight with the lady that day. Yeah. It was so yeah. weird. We were, everybody was irritable. There's just, you got to be really good and you got to have a spine like steel to be able to stand on the Who stage. And that's why I like them so much. And I think that's why I, I enjoyed going through this as much as I did because. Yeah, they, I agree. They did, they did a really good job of finding pretty much um, across the board every genre they could find to put on that stage throughout the, throughout the festival. Uh, I, I, we're going to keep harping on the Davy thing, but that started one of my favorite days ever at Bonnaroo. Really? That was probably my best day. Because of Warren Treaty. It was a whole and thing. And then St. Paul and the Broken Bones no, later. Well, I know it was Mavis Staples, so oh, it went right. like this. So uh, we wandered over there. Uh, with a couple of our campmates, Mike and, and Chrissy, just kind of wandered. Such a positive vibe, so much energy from those guys. And then we're like, oh, let's go over here to this Warren Treaty thing. We yep. think we like that. Yep. And cried. Bald like a baby. Bald like, like a baby, unashamedly. Left there, went to Mavis Which, Staples. By the way, listeners walked up to us at the Warren Treaty show, and we're just red-faced <laughs> tears and covered down. in tears. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say to you right now. I mean, it was so powerful. <laughs> Left there, went to Mavis Staples. Yeah. She started doing uh, Freedom Road, right? Wow. I keep wanting to call them Redemption, Redemption Road, but it's Freedom Road. Cried again. Mm-hmm. Left there to see um, um, Niles Rogers. Oh, yeah, that was your Niles Rogers show. Who talked about being cancer-free. Cried again. 
three straight shows <laughs> with Man, actual am, tears. I'm really rubbing off on you. This is getting very strange. And it wasn't just me. It was Mike and Chrissy. We went, and I'll never forget. If you Niles, start wearing your hair like mine, we've got a big problem. <laughs> Niles finished, and uh, that was what? Not Muse. It was something. Was it Bon Iver that night? Really? It was something big. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember the schedule, but boy, that makes total sense. Niles looked uh, finished, and Mike looked at me, and he said, I'm done. Well, there he is blew. no is he, way. We have a guy at camp that does this every year. He find, he gets this show that gets him that that strikes a chord straight through to his soul, and then he's like, eh, we had "I'm out." Four of them, <laughs> Three, whatever that. And then he just leaves. He literally just leaves four. the festival, drives home. He said, "I don't." There's nothing against whoever's next, but there's no way it's going to top. It did the day that I've already. It had. did. Yeah, maybe the Boney Vare double set. Absolutely, did you cry? Effing did a little bit. Yes, I did. And the first, yeah, the first go around, I did. Okay. Because I, I love. We talked about this last year. I love Twenty Two a Million so much, right. and that album meant so much to me. And then the. The subsequent sort of super jam after that, I was in a little bit different of headspace by then, so <laughs> right. it didn't hit me as much as the first show did, I but yeah, I, I did. It was a no, big day. I, You're I, right I, about that. We went back to camp and uh, decompressed, and I think later maybe even went to see some of the EDM. I don't remember what but it all started what a great because, day. It all started because you found a Who stage artist. Exactly. Then you got behind, and exactly. that's what we want to focus on this week. Uh, we've gotten your, some of your suggestions via Twitter, via Instagram. Uh, we put together some of ours. In a minute, we're also going to talk to an artist that was added to the lineup, Drax Project. Now, I know you're not going to know much about Drax Project, and nor did I when when I first was introduced to them, but they're from New Zealand. It's a, a couple of guys that one guy plays the drums, one guy plays the sax, and then they combined their sound and made it Drax. So it's Drax Project. Then they added a couple of other guys to it and became a foursome. And then uh, for some reason, and you'll hear this from Matt's story in a little bit, they start playing on the streets and then they open a couple of shows in New Zealand, then they get on a couple of shows with Ed Sheeran, and then all of a sudden, major labels are looking at them saying, hey, we want a piece of this pie, we think we can take you to America, and that's when I got introduced to them, and I brought them to my little uh, festival here in town that I that I organize. I'm not going to bore you with that, but Drax Project, one of the Thursday performers from the Who stage, we'll talk to Matt from the Drax Project here in a little bit, but first, uh, we played, uh, I started everything out with, I don't know how they... I don't know how, but they found me. A brilliant, brilliant Back to the Future reference. I think that um, I'm going to go from them into my first Who stage artist that I want to uh, show you and tell you about. The way that they do this, a little background, maybe pull the curtain back a little bit on the industry, is there are essentially two types of artists that these festivals put on as sort of filler, as to like make the lineup full and give you something to, to, throughout the day. One is the people the industry really, really, really want to break or they really need people to see so that they can get some money back. Right. There's some of those. And the ones that you see on the Who stage that are like that, start looking at their other festivals. And if they're playing other festivals, it's mostly an industry thing. The industry are driving those things. It's maybe not so much a Bonnaroo they went out and found them. I like the people that don't have any other festivals on their lineup. <laughs> right. I really like those guys because those are the ones at Bonnaroo and AC and, and somebody in that office plucked and pulled and dropped right into your lap. And I want to start there at a guy that you would never in a million years give a two cents to. You would never even try to see one of his shows because he doesn't have a funny name. He doesn't go by a different moniker. He's not the tallest man on earth or Boney Vare or he's just a guy named Patrick Droney. That's it. His name is Patrick Droney. I know this is going to sound a little strange, but would you in a million years 
go see a show by a guy named Justin Vernon. If you didn't know it was Bon Iver, would you just go see a guy named Justin Vernon? Um, no. Probably no. not. No, but I'm not sure I would go see a guy named Bon Iver either. Good point. Yeah. Um, I just, I just because partly, uh, you know, <laughs> it's embarrassing to say it wrong. You know, it's not Bon Iver, Bon Iver. <laughs> you know what I mean? This was pretty easy. Patrick Droney. Right, right. But there's so many of these that you read. And uh, I think you said uh, Noted the other day. Yes, I didn't know that's how you pronounce Yeah, we have a band coming to town called yeah. Noted, N-O-T-D. N-O-T-D. I, I would have said N-O-T-D. The thing there's that I'm, so many of those. The thing is, is like, if, you, if you're just a regular guy right now, you can't just be your name, which is a very strange place right. music is in. But it'll change. It's already changed. I mean, maybe, I guess, but if you don't have, like, you know, Father John Misty <laughs> as your moniker, does anybody pay any attention to you? I really don't know. I know. You You know, remember, it used to be everybody had to put a, a Z. What's that? You had to put a Z in your name. Everybody so had, had to have a Z. Have a Z. Sure, yeah. yeah. So that's gone away finally. Thank you. Well, I, it was very strange. Originally, my name was Brad Steiner. <laughs> it was very strange. No, so this is uh, Patrick Droney uh, playing the Who stage. I found him, and I haven't stopped listening to his EP. From Nashville, Tennessee, you know somebody from AC stumbled upon one of his shows in Nashville one day and said, oh my God, this kid's got it. Um, and he does. He's an amazing songwriter. His voice is terrific. You know, he just has one of those branding issues that if if you don't, if you're not caught by the name, are you going to go see that show? Are you going to go see him in two o'clock uh, with that kind of sound in the dead of summer in the hottest place maybe in America right. in that moment? I want to because I think it's going to be a nice, really chill moment on Sunday. Uh, Patrick Droney uh, on the Who stage. Yeah, I've got a uh, another Nashville artist too. Um, is he playing any other? Or this person playing any other festival? By the way, I didn't look. I didn't think to look. Uh, I was going to ask you. Okay. Did all of your picks? How did you pick them? Do you, I mean, did you have a system? No, I listened to all of them. Did you? Yeah, I just listened to all of them, and I saw, and I just wrote down a couple that I I just stuck with me. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> because. I could probably go through all of them and talk to... I, I would talk about this all day, honestly. I would talk about every artist playing the Who stage if I could. I guess it's a podcast. We could do that if you wanted to. <laughs> we did, but that's right? a little bit too much like, you know, what wrestling guys do. Right. But I don't... I, I could do this all day with them. I don't really have a system. I literally just... Whenever yeah. I hit... I didn't I, either. I just randomly picked yeah, uh, me too. names that interested me yeah. and then played music and I liked it. It's fun to listen to these with that Davey discussion that we just had in mind. How is it going to play on the farm? Mm -hmm. What time of day do I see them blowing up type of thing? You know, um, will they be bigger? I just, like I said, this is a lot of fun to me. This is. Uh, it's funny that you say that you you wonder if they're going to be bigger while you're listening to them or seeing them on the Who stage. When I asked you that the other week, you said, "No, I don't think about that." I don't remember. Okay. I don't. I don't. I'm not denying it. Um, you mean when I'm picking them? What no, was, when you're when you're the, seeing them on the Who stage, do you say to yourself, "Man, these guys are going to do something"? Oh, yeah. No, I I don't. I guess not. No. Okay. I just was. Um, I, no, I don't think so. Has there been an artist that you've watched on at Bonnaroo that you said, "Oh my God." This I'm on the ground floor. This is going to be Courtney something. Barnett, for yeah. sure. Um, Courtney had a little bit of heat though when she did that Thursday yeah, yeah, night show. Was, yeah, you're right. We that was she was probably underbooked if that's the right. Yeah, sure. Right word. Yeah, Thursday night headliner. That was not the spot for her. And everyone was already talking about her, but that show definitely. Leon Bridges would be another one. Uh, I had occasion to speak to him this week because he's coming to town next week. Yeah. That show at Bonnaroo, as we talked to all of these artists who have done it once, was huge for him. 
Uh, but he felt like that that show and that particular tour was sort of coming of age for him. Absolutely. I mean, I bet. Uh, but that was an amazing show. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, he was already hot too, like you said. But that was one I thought, yeah, this is this will. I mean, I bet there's somebody listening right now that saw the Lumineers on the Who stage and probably looked at it and was like, yeah. they got it all. They got everything. Yeah. They got that sound. They then they're going to cut right through the noise to 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 radio to pop music to cultural zeitgeist it's gonna happen yeah i don't recall any small ones that went i'll give you one the middle you know like avid brothers i remember i'll give you that uh that stage act adele oh yeah yeah adele spent five minutes at i was like see you later wow she's she's got it and i'm leaving i don't need to see any more of this i got it again we could do an entire show on uh wish i'd been there yeah shows but uh let's go let's start off because it's nashville let's do republican hair Who's Republican hair? I picked this. Uh, this is a guy named Luke Dick. He's well, a, a Nashville guy. It gets better. Boy, the, it gets better. The irony is already. Ex- open up the door. Let some of this irony out. I know. Republican hair. I thought that's yeah, either going to be terrible or kind of good. This guy uh, used to be a professor. Uh, he, he ran a forklift and then he's a documentary maker. Okay. He made a film called Red Dog that's about uh, his childhood spent hanging out at topless bars. Okay. And uh, now he, same way he, I grew up. He writes. He's written songs for Dirks and Eric Church and Miranda Lambert. Man, that's uh, that's really fun. Is the rest of his stuff like that? Yeah. Is that sort of irreverent and pointed in the songwriting? Like the that? other one that I that I ha- was able to listen to this morning, yeah, really. And that's, I think it's worth walking by and checking it out. It's that is not my style. Right. That's not something I would pick. But that's part of what I like about what we're doing. Well, right? that it sounds a lot like an artist that I had, and I'm going to play it. It was actually a suggestion from a listener. Um, but if you want to, uh, here I'm going to play it, and then the second that you get the artist that you think this person sounds like, stop. Stop me. Just wave at me. I'm going to stop the song the second that you identify what artist that he sounds like. All right. right? This is Sago. Hope, hope I can do it. This is Sago. Barry's got it. Beck? Beck. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah, we got this suggestion, Sago, from a listener. I uh, And I'm so glad that he did because Sago is great. I mean, yeah. he is so fun. And boy, if you are... It, I have a feeling somebody in AC or whoever decided to, to book Sago... Also booked Republican hair. Probably. Because, boy, they are right in the same lane, yeah. aren't they? Probably. It's, and they're both going to be fun, right? They'll be a lot of fun. That was, that was Bet my thought. Bet you're on different days, aren't they? If we looked uh, at the schedule. Um, Republican is uh, Saturday. Okay. And I don't know when Sago is. I oh. Don't have that. I guess I should probably Cheers. be more prepared then, huh? <laughs> hey, I'm sure you're looking at a schedule. I was ready for the quiz. Do the work for me later. <laughs> this is the What Podcast, a podcast for Bonnaroovians by Bonnaroovians. Another uh, artist that's playing the Who stage... Drax Project. Now, Drax Project, we talked about them a little bit earlier today. They're just now getting to the States. They're just now coming to America. Uh, they were nice enough to do my show at the radio station that I work at. I'm putting on this little event called the Running of the Chihuahuas, which is like this dumb dog race that I do every year, 12 years deep. And uh, it's been copied across the country. City after city have been copying this idea. Well, eventually, early on, we decided to add some music to it because... Uh, my bosses kept screaming at me that we needed to sell more beer. I had and, to. Add, and you are a radio station, not a kennel. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've been doing so wrong in my career. Uh, so uh, we decided to add music to it, and then so year after year, I have to find bands that will just come play a dog race for free. That is not an easy thing to do. So um, when I found Drax Project and they were nice enough to 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 show up and play the race, I just had one request: I'll pay for your hotel. I'll pay for your backline. I'll pay for your food. I cannot pay for your airfare. 
I cannot get you from here to from New Zealand to here. Yeah, right. I can't do it. So they were nice enough to come and, and build a tour around the states and around our show. And they're doing radio shows up and down the East Coast and, and around the country that that'll take them. And then they decided to jump onto some festivals too. I don't know how Bonnaroo found them, but I'm pretty excited for Drax Project. Matt joins us now. Hey, Matt. What's up, Brad? I'm great. How are you? Matt, how are you, man? Uh, welcome, I guess, to America. Have you played any American shows yet? Well, thanks so much. Um, well, we've played um, two or three shows, kind of low-key things, but um, nothing nothing as big as uh, some of the st- things that are coming up. started off as a um, busking busking duo kind of playing um, covers, so... Sean, the singer, was on saxophone, and myself, I was playing the drums. Um, drums plus sax equals Drax. That's how we got the name, Drax Project. But um, then we've, yeah, we've added Ben on the guitar, Sam on the bass over the last, oh, maybe four years ago we did that. And um, from there we started doing our own, writing our own music. Because when we were busking, we were just playing covers. So whatever we could do to get people's attention, um, and yeah, so once we had the four of us started writing our own music, did a whole bunch of shows. We've done so so many shows around yeah. New Zealand, our home. Um, so to be out in America is really a dream come true. We've we've liked we've always liked pop music. We've never made like a conscious like effort or decision, sorry, just to be like, yeah, we are going to be a pop band. We just kind of write the music that and play the music that we. I don't know. It's all of our favorite influences into a melting pot and then the four of us stir that pot around and when it's all cooked up you get Drax Project so it's we're, we're fans of all types of music I, I know that's generic but like it's actually true like we'll be listening to I love listening to like Chris Stapleton and then I'll put on Young Thug and then I'll listen to like <laughs> Eva Cassidy and then uh-huh. Sean's over in the other room he's listening to he's listening to like Count Basie like old old school jazz like that's crazy awesome. stuff but yeah we're music fans, and I think, yeah, our music is just a big is that, melting pot of is that, everything we like. <laughs> for a long time here, anyway, uh, we, we like to try to keep people in certain lanes or whatever, And, and uh, but now it seems like people right. are more like you are. I'm, we talked about this on our lap last episode. I might do just the same. It might be, uh, you know, it might be country one song followed right next with a, a EDM song for me. So I understand, but is that kind of a cultural thing or just you guys i'd say it's probably a bit of a cultural thing back in because in new zealand we're we're kind of isolated and we're looking out to the world a lot and we're we're taking in a lot of um different music from around the world because we're such a small country and we're we're influenced quite a lot by it's particularly american music um, so we get a lot of that. Well, that's interesting that you say you look out in, into the world for uh, American music. I don't think that there's been a time, uh, at least on the top 40 charts or in, in pop music in general, that we've had this much international-derived mm. artists. I mean, Ed Sheeran totally. in and of itself, you guys went on tour with Ed Sheeran. So it's odd looking out from the window in New Zealand and seeing it as American music. In America, we see nothing but an influx of international stars coming into us. Do a Lipa, five <laughs> seconds of summer, you know, and you guys doing yeah. doing so well. Yeah. And then I realized that New, New Zealand has sort of a, and correct me if I'm wrong, a hometown music problem. I think I remember this correctly. There was a thing that happened maybe a decade or two decades ago where there was like this voluntary program mm-hmm. that pushed New, New Zealand radio stations to play a certain percentage amount of 
New Zealand artists. It was voluntary because mm. it was hard to find New Zealand <laughs> artists. Um, so what are the, some of the guys in and around, <laughs> yeah, yeah. in, in around your country that you look to? Right, right, right. Um, well, some of the people that we look up to who, they're actually from our hometown of Wellington, which is quite a musical little city. Um, I'd say Fat Freddy's Drop uh, is a band that we we all love. Even like Lord, I know it's like, oh, a yeah, classic, but Lord is mm-hmm. pretty special how she, um, she kind of paved the way for, for uh, people... Uh, other people like us, I guess, to, it just showed that like people in New Zealand can actually crack it and the world is your oyster. Um, you can actually get out there and do it, thanks to the internet a lot, but um, also that it is possible. So that was cool to, cool to see her do that. A lot of great producers. And- I mean, outside outside of like Lord, I mean, if the only ones that really come to mind from New Zealand is like Crowded House and... Flight of the Concord. Yeah, right. like those are the two that that come to mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I, I don't mean to. I don't want to insult your home country, but I just I was stunned that New Zealand hadn't no, no. produced more international stars than that. There's got to be a reason, right? Mm. There's got to be something, yeah, well, we, something about it. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, like we're we're a country of four million people. Um, maybe we're just so far away from you guys. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It feels like all of the barriers are, are broken down right now in terms of international. Like looking out, as I said before, we're looking out um, all the time, and we're taking in a lot of other music, and that's inspiring and influencing us. Like we've always aimed very high. We've never thought, oh, let's like, let's be a New Zealand band and try and take over New Zealand or something like that. You know, yeah. we've always been. We want our music to stand up against I the best you. artists in the world and like the top artists, and that that's makes always sense. been our our um, philosophy anyway. First of all, it's how you guys got your name, right? It was drums and sax, so you put it together and got Drax. But that's also, right. also, when you're performing on a street like that, you have to play th- songs and material that resonates that connects with people right i mean yeah yeah, they'll walk on by if they don't like what they're hearing so i'm guessing that kind of helped influence the diversity of what you guys Hmm. performed right that's that's a very very excellent point yeah i that's totally how uh, that's played a big part in us figuring out sort of like what people like what people can connect to and also what's fun for us to play that connects to people and that's, yeah, that being the foundation of the band has been really important because we've it meant we've played a lot of shows where we're performing musicians firstly and recording artists that they're kind of developed um, over the last couple of years off the back of being a live act. Um, so now that we're we're getting our um, recording recorded music out there and um, it's it's so well we're. It's cool to have that um, the backbone of uh, playing live. So we're not intimidated by any crowd size or... Um, I mean, we've, we've played, as you said before, opening for Ed Sheeran. That was just a mind-blowing experience. Mm-hmm. Of, it was 50,000 people three mm-hmm. times, so three nights in a row. We were just as nervous for that as a 300-person a show in our hometown. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we, we, um, we back our yeah. uh, performance... Because of yeah, we've just been doing it for so long, and um, yeah, I don't... yeah, but yeah, it's been great to. There's, there's some covers that we still play to this day that we used to do when we were busking, like that Crimea River song, um, Justin Timberlake. Nice. Da, 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 mm-hmm. da, da, da. So we still play that um, at every show, pretty much. 
Um, and I don't think we'll ever stop playing. I, I feel like there'll, there'll always be one cover, at least, in our live set. Because you can just see it. Like it's, You can see it in the crowd when, when they recognize something. Yeah, the face um, changes. It just connects instantly. You're playing on the streets of New Zealand, right. and then you uh, get, put some stuff on Bandcamp in 2014, and then you start adding some pieces to the band. Yeah. At what point did people start calling and saying, hey, we want to we do something with you. We want to make this into something. Did When do those wheels start moving? When did you get off the streets is what he's asking. Yeah. Yeah. All <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny because it, it seems to be like a very – uh, natural progression. So we went from busking on the side of the street to bar managers walking past and saying, hey, come and play in our bar tonight for this amount of money. So we waited up, hmm, should we do it instead of busking? Yeah, let's do it. So we start doing that, and then some people at the bar over time would be like, oh, why don't you come and play at my friend's 30th birthday? All right, cool, let's do that. And then we're at the 30th birthday. Hey, why don't you guys come and play at, at, at my company's, um, you know, Christmas function? Oh, yeah, cool. Let's go to that. And then, some, and then from there, we start playing a lot of um, kind of private corporate stuff. And at the same time, we're writing music. Um, and then we're, we're making – we made an EP in 2014, the one that you said on Bandcamp. Mm. And so that allowed us to do our, our own shows. So, you know, charging tickets for – people to come to our own shows and off the back of you know busking and playing the, playing these little random things that there were enough people who had seen us and were interested to come to these shows um so then yeah it, it builds from there we release more music um maybe a couple songs make it onto new zealand radio that puts the name out a little bit more but you know we're always playing shows through this whole process mm-hmm. um refining the live set we start getting some opening slots which was which has always been really cool. So we we did Brian McKnight. He's like an old school wow. R and B dude. Wow, um, that's a weird was, combo. Yeah, yeah. That, that was when we heard that. We're like, we're like, what? Really? <laughs> um, so that that was cool. That was a bit of a test a test for us. I mean, like four white guys walk out, um, and you can just tell the room was like, oh yeah, what's gonna what's gonna happen here? But um, it actually went really, really well. And then we get other opening slots, like the Ed Sheeran one, which was a... Well, the Ed Sheeran one came off the back of, of Woke Up Late, our, our single, which we dropped. Right. Which, which is 20, where... Late 2017, back in is, New Zealand. Which is where I wanted to go next with, with the song Woke yeah. Up Late, because this is a very interesting... Um, to me, the, this song is, is a lot like what's happening in the industry. If, you, if you're paying attention, it's happening a lot around the industry, in that a song will be released... And it'll have a little bit of life to it. And yeah. then it'll go dormant for a while. Uh-huh. And then out of nowhere, a insert person here will pick it up, uh, like it, maybe put their own voice to it mm. or just push it out in their social media. And all of a sudden, boom, the song's got new life again. And uh, Woke Up Late is exactly that story yeah. because you guys had a pretty nice little single and Woke Up Late by yourself. Then Haley Steinfeld, who uh, a Nickelodeon yeah. uh, star, she, yeah. she's had some hits here on uh, American radio. She picks the song up, she puts her voice on it, and now all of a sudden it's back and it's hitting the American charts and it's bringing you into America in a way yeah. that you never had been in before, all because your song decided, you know, somebody wanted to give it another another go, wanted to give it another go around. Totally, yeah. And that, that's just crazy. I mean, because we... We wrote that song in Ben's bedroom, our guitarist, in 2017. We released it in uh, November, and it goes 
straight to number one on the Shazam charts mm-hmm. for about three months straight in New Zealand. So it's just like, people are just like, who are these guys? Who are these guys? But it's quite interesting because we've already developed a little, a nice little fan base from all the live shows and a couple of EPs. We had a, a small following there, but the, that song just went straight to mainstream radio and just started slamming all over that back in, back home that was kind of the the tipping point like this is this is like we're going somewhere now with woke up late we did a, a tour with camila cabello around europe um opening for her that was crazy because that was, that was our first time out of new zealand as a band traveling around europe and all these crazy places that was a real real eye-opener for us we're forever grateful to, for to camila and her team but off the back of camila camila's tour because at that level everyone is friends with everyone someone from camila's team knew someone from Haley's team. They showed someone from Haley's team the song. Haley heard the song. She liked it, wanted to get on on it. And then now it's I mean it's hitting American radio, which is something that doesn't happen a lot for a for a New Zealand artist. Watching and learning and enjoying the ride, like it's pretty pretty crazy. To even be talking to you about it is, is pretty cool. <laughs> Matt, I'm curious about something you said earlier about you guys always dreamt big or thought big. I, I wonder how all of this might be different had you just sort of, you know, your your goal was to be a pretty good bar band or a, a pretty good local band. I'm just wondering, right. professionally, mentally, whatever, how how you think it might be different and, and how important that has been that you you have thought big all along. Yeah, well, that's... That's a really good question. <laughs> um, the the whole journey is well, up until now. Um, it has really just been a natural progression, and I mean we've worked hard, we've played a lot of gigs and stuff, obviously. But yeah, looking looking outwards a lot and not getting too caught up in the in like the, a New Zealand thing. Well, not not even a New Zealand thing, but just like a that's a hard one. Really, <laughs> everything's just feels like it's happened well, naturally I, and then we've released a song that we really like and it, it's connected with people all around the world and i mean yeah that's cool you go from uh, busking in, in new zealand on the streets and now you're doing uh, american dates including uh, bonnaroo which is where star after star artist after artist have just uh, uh, begun and exploded mm. their careers in basically these these small little stages on the sides of Bonnaroo. If if you want to find a yeah. American success story, uh, you can probably find thirty of them yeah. starting on the Who stage and starting in the cafe acts from Bonnaroo. Band after band after band made their money, yeah. made their careers doing starting exactly where you guys are starting in America on the Who stage of Bonnaroo, Black Keys, Portugal, The Man. Uh, Avid Brothers, they all started in the same exact place that you guys started in front of, you know, 50 to 200 people, and you guys get to now do that in, in mm. the, the summer of Tennessee. Now, do you know anything about Bonnaroo? <laughs> Firstly, um, no pressure. Yeah, no us. kidding. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's so cool to hear. <laughs> um, sorry, sorry what was, oh, well, do I know anything about Bonnaroo? Um, yeah. I know a lot about the lineup and it's pretty overwhelming um and to be yeah i mean this is like a legendary festival that's known around the world so i mean yeah that alone is is so cool i mean like post malone hosier casey musgraves um childish gambino i think is playing the same day that we're actually no we're on the thursday we're on the thursday you're on thursday that's right yeah i mean like we're on the we're on the Thursday, that's right. But I saw that Bulo is actually playing the same day as us on the Who's right. page, and yeah. I literally discovered. Well, I I heard one of her songs um, for the first time maybe three months ago, and I was just like, man, this song is crazy. That 
this is so good. And now we're probably, hopefully, going to meet her and um, I'm going to tell her how good that song is. She's so good, and, man. She's yeah, so good. That's awesome. When you go through the, the lineup, that's that's pretty interesting that you're already looking forward to seeing people that you want to, to actually see at Bonnaroo. Are you planning to stay the entire weekend and experience the festival? I think, yeah, I think that, that will be the plan for sure. Yeah, we've got to, we've got to see some of these. There will be people on, on this lineup that we cover, like we we play their music, right. so we've got to go see that live, how to do it properly. If you play it right, you know, uh, the way the Bonnaroo works, you could find yourself out into GA camping playing somebody's campsite. Our friends from Repeat Repeat in Nashville last year, <laughs> they literally played uh, a, at a bus in GA uh, because you know they were invited to play out. Wow. Don't limit yourself to any experience of Bonner. Uh, that's yeah. our that's our that's our professional advice. After doing this between each other that's thirty fantastic. years, um, do it all. Do everything. See everything. Wow. And and say no to nothing. We might have to do a, a little busking set. Hey, <laughs> if if you guys now look, you're going to come to the running of the Chihuahuas on May 4th, and when you come to May 4th of the Chihuahuas, me and Barry will will we'll go ahead and get your uh, uh, we'll plan for you guys to come back to our camp backstage at Camp Nut Butter, which is a uh, yeah. a, a camp in the woods with 600 <laughs> square feet of carpeting. We've got our own podcasting studio set up. Giant cartoon heads on sticks. It's basically a playground for all things Bonnaroo backstage. So you guys can come back. What a lifestyle. Yes, it is. What a lifestyle you guys live. Yes. We're we're, we're slumming it. We're slumming it, Matt. It's it's another thing for your resume, too. (laughs) Running of the Chihuahuas, Bonnaroo, and... The short set at Camp Nut Butter. Yeah, come on by, come come on by to Camp Nut Butter, and uh, you can you can stop by, and we can do the very first ever performance at Camp Nut Butter. That we would gotta be pretty have amazing. one of those. That would be. I'm sold. I'm sold. <laughs> I love it. I wanted to ask how you guys heard that you were going to be playing Bonnaroo. I, I just have to imagine that was a pretty big moment to get that phone call. Yeah. Well, we've moved over to um, L.A. for a few months, um, and we've. We're kind of just filling up our schedule a little bit and we're getting all these crazy, crazy things happening. So our manager um, actually told us, you guys are going to be playing at Bonnaroo and then showed us and we looked up the, the poster and we're just like, what the heck? Really? <laughs> so that was that was cool. This was like our first you know, big festival in America that we've ever done. So um, yeah. well, that is really, really, really cool. So we're, it's going to be something we never forget. It's going to be one of those, I feel like it's going to be one of those moments. Like you said before, all of the, the legendary acts of, played the the uh the same stage that we're doing the who stage um this is going to be i got a feeling in my gut that it's going to be um <laughs> something special yeah i do too and that thursday night has become uh, brad and i have talked about it many times on this show that thursday night has become maybe one of our favorite it days. is my favorite it, it is a favorite because it's it's the first day of the festival uh, cool. just a different yeah. vibe morale is high that's because we're clean and we're clean. Uh, yeah, we're, the morale's hikes are clean after <laughs> after two hours. We're, we're still clean, but it's everyone is just everyone is so excited to get started. And the acts, you know, it's not the big the two main yeah. stages aren't up or, or and uh, so it's just it just has I don't know yeah. it's a completely different vibe and and we we just really look forward to it and we've discovered some amazing artists that we you know weren't familiar with. Uh, before Courtney Barnett was a Thursday night. She was. That's right. It was a great, great show that people still talk about. Nice. So it's a great opportunity for you guys awesome. to, to meet new fans and new fans or fans to find new bands. So well, thanks for sharing sharing your knowledge on it. I don't know what your your catalog uh, entails, but if you guys have a mm-hmm. street performer background. Uh, you're going to do just fine filling in the rest of the time. You're going to do just fine doing cover after cover of, of, of artists that are already a Bonnaroo. That, that always plays well. You're going to do fine. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got it. We've actually got a lot of um, unreleased material oh, as well, which we've been testing over um, the New Ze- the New Zealand summer. So yeah, it, it'll be a it'll be a eighty to twenty split. Original to covers, so um, that's exciting. Yeah, looking forward to it, for Matt, sure. Matt, thank you so thank much you. for this, and we'll talk to you very soon. Congratulations on the success. Thanks very much, fellas. Great to talk to you. See you soon. The What Podcast, a podcast for Bonnaroovians by Bonnaroovians, Drax Project, appearing Thursday night. I'm going to guess it's going to be a Thursday night show at uh, the Who Stage at Bonnaroo. Today, the episode all dedicated to Who Stage artists. That was a lot of fun. Nice yeah. guy. He's a really nice guy. And, you know, that was, uh, I think we now have the longest distance conversation in the history of the What Podcast. Was it longer than First Aid Kit? How long was that? First, I don't know my geography. Was well First Aid Kit in Sweden? Yeah. Definitely. Definitely further. Definitely yeah. further yeah, away from the other side, Museum. right? All yeah. the way on the other side. Yes, Barry. We, we are international. <laughs> I told oh you God, from yes, the start, are. we're big in North Korea. Yeah. <laughs> How is that possible? They didn't have the internet. Know. I don't know, but when we look at the stats, we're big in North Korea. Wait, thank you, Kim Jong-un. <laughs> Again, I just sort of picked, I just randomly picked names that interested me, and I yeah. I thought I recognized the name Soak. Soak. Uh, I don't or didn't. Soak is actually the name of, um, I don't know how you say this name now, Breedy? Breedy? So it's just one guy. It's a girl. It's one girl. Um, See, here we go again. Like I was telling you about the guy earlier, how do you survive with just your name anymore? You well, got to be soak. Soak like Drax, which is combined drum and sax. Uh-huh. Soak is soul and folk. Uh, it's Breedy. I'm going to say it's Breedy. I don't think it's Bridey. B-R-I-D-I-E. Okay. Forgive right. me for not knowing. Mons Watson. She is a Northern Irish singer-songwriter. Man, uh, you uh, you found you found somebody that may be this year's Bjork. Yeah. And she's got a Bjork edge to her, doesn't she? Yeah. yeah that's, she's pretty. That's, that's a good Sunday... Uh, Sunday coming Very down. Very Sunday, yes. <laughs> very Sunday coming down, kind of. That'd be my Bahamas. Yeah, that is. Uh, that has definitely got a very ethereal uh, sound to it. I wonder if that's gonna. Again, we're back to. Does that work on a Sunday uh, at two o'clock in the afternoon, three o'clock in the afternoon? You, you might want to be anywhere else, but Bonnaroo. Right, uh, right. Boy, that that Sunday morning is a is a really really tough one. And That's, by the way, the Sunday morning last year is the year of the big storm. When yes. We were literally just trying to hold <laughs> camp together, yeah, with everything that we have. Yeah, that was one of those where we could have died. Yeah, <laughs> we had one person in our camp. Poor Barry. I mean, it's pouring down rain on Sunday morning, and you know, Barry is is camp dad. You know, he waits up for all the kids to get home under his blanket on the couch. Yep. And then once the kids are all home and everybody's settled in bed, that's when Barry can go to sleep. Uh, he also, when, when the house starts to collapse, Barry's the one to fix it. So the tents are coming down. The rain is pouring in. So Barry's, you know, it's like you had seven limbs. Yeah. You know, you were trying to keep everything up. Yeah. Meanwhile, there are two people under the tent in which you're trying to keep from collapsing, just falling asleep on their yeah. chair. <laughs> Poor now, Barry is trying to keep them alive, and they don't care one bit whatsoever. Nah, they were out. They were out. <laughs> until, yeah. until the lightning and, hit. Until lightning hit and everything collapsed on it top. Of cl- yeah. It hit a uh, transformer. Yeah, so I got to imagine when you go through some of these artists, are they playing other festivals? Are they uh, plucked straight from somebody's playlist and put onto the Bonnaroo stage? Those are the ones, like I said earlier, that I really like a lot, that I really want to um, at least champion and get behind and give a shot to. And I think that I found this year, you talk about Davey, we keep coming back to Davey, I think I found it this year. I think I found this one. I got, um, my, I got one too that I really like. 
They did soul really well last year. They found some really good soul artists. Uh, I think they might have found another one. From Nashville, I've actually had a friend of mine tell me about these girls uh, a, a little while back. And it didn't register to me until I saw their name pop up on the Bonnaroo playlist. And I said, oh my God, that's them. That's who he's been talking about. Check this out. This is the new respect. I'm going to um, shock and amaze you, Barry. Uh, three girls and a guy. They were the kids of preachers. What Could you see I that do, coming? What did I do as soon as that song started? Yeah, New respects. I write them down. It, I wrote it down. I'm going home. That's what I'm listening to this afternoon. Yeah, so that song's really good. It's a little different than what the normal stuff is. They, I mean, they go from sounding like they're from they're doing you know rock songs in church to Janelle Monet. Uh, they're really really fun. So give yeah. them a, give them a look on the Who stage uh, this year. And now, Barry Corey, what else you got? It's got, uh, I like that. It's got a little T-Bone Burnett. It's got a little uh, White Stripes. I like that a lot. And this next band uh, that I picked, I think, also has a little White Stripes to it. Probably more than a little. Mm-hmm. Uh, King Nun. Again, I think I just picked kind of based on names. See, there you go. That's the problem. What? That's why you'll never pick Patrick Droney. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm, pro- that's my problem with all of this. Like, King Princess, she's amazing. But do you know her actual name? No. 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 Patrick Droney. P-Drone. Come on, dog. Let's f- find something else, dude. Let's let's do this. Let's brand you. See, I also went and listened to Ida Mae just because I like the name. But oh, it, it, I, I could talk about Ida Mae all day. It does I love them. reflect what I thought it was going to sound like. You, so thought her na- you thought her name was Ida Mae, didn't you? I, just not what I was thinking. I was, yeah. I was thinking Southern Gospel or uh-huh. something like oh, that. Oh, it's but, so good. But King Nun yeah. is a four-piece uh, band, and uh, I guess Chinese Medicine is the song that I, I pick. Uh, little punk thing, it's got a little surf thing, it's got a little grunge, a little raw. I just like it. When I think punk and surf, I think Barry Quarter. You know, when I hear that, you know what all I hear? Alternative radio. Yeah. I hear that. That could be any song on the alternative radio charts in a heartbeat. Any Anytime you want to turn on alternative radio or serious alt nation, that could be there. Yeah, and I, and I, you listened to all of them and chose your favorites. I just sort of randomly picked and liked what I heard. So uh, I, I'm saying that just because people listening out there may say, why didn't you do this one or yeah. why didn't you do that one? Totally by random. We, like, we could have. This I mean, is so strange that you ch- like we keep mirroring each other's picks. It's like Super Bizarro World. You choose something and then I choose almost the identical match to that because I put on my list Friday Pilots Club. Now, okay, so I can really get into stuff like this and I can get into the King Nun on occasion. Here's where I got it. You got to be very careful for me. The second that you start and make that Imagine Dragons 21 pilots turn, that's when I'm out, dude. I yeah, yeah. So you, you, these guys walk such a fine line with me. The minute that they go there, I'm probably out for good. Fair enough. Fair enough. But also consider a lot of these bands on the Who stage are going to be new. They're going to be young. They're still looking for it's their true. voice. That's right. That's a good point. You know, they're transitioning from whatever. Teenagehood to adulthood. Bar sure. band, garage band. Some of them in the very awkward 23-year-old phase. Exactly. Yeah. They're still trying to figure things out. But again, for me, that's part of the fun. I love finding those that's a good bands point. and then and, uh, watching them grow. And You know, that's a great point because if you watch that re- repeat, let's go back to our buddies repeat, repeat, Jared and Kristen. If you watched that show last year on the Who stage, their album, and believe me, I've heard it, that album that they did on the Who stage, if you think that that's what you're getting with the next album, watch out. Yeah. Watch out. It's just a, it's a, you grow and you you find new sounds and new lanes that you want to try as an artist. You're probably right. I'm probably I would probably give somebody not enough benefit of the doubt, 
but I'm just so ingrained in hating that Imagine Dragons sounds so much, <laughs> well, so much that it, it turns me off almost like watching like a really hot chick smoke, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it takes the, the pretty off of Yes, it takes the pretty off immediately. It's exactly right. I get it. I'll go you, uh, I'll go you one further. This is what, uh, again, I'm you know name dropping, but it's my job. Uh, this was what Leon Bridges and I talked about this week. Here's a guy who, kind of like we talked with Paul Janaway of St. Paul, you know, he always had that part of what got him attention was that he did that 60s, 70s sounded like, soul thing. Sounded like sounded Sam Cooke. Like, sounded like Sam Cooke, Otis Redding, but then you get pigeonholed. Right. Um, and so that's what Leon and I talked about quite a bit. His his last record, to me, works because it moves that forward, mm-hmm. and largely because it's a very personal record. It's something he wrote. So, you know, you identify with the, the songs. Yeah. And, one of the things that he said um, we talked about was, and you and I have talked about it, you know, when we first started listening to Leon a couple of years ago, I said, why not just listen to Otis yeah. or Sam? But I, I get that, you know, you and I are, um, what, 10, 15 years apart. People your age and younger want their own Sam Cooke, their hmm. own Otis. Well, I've got I've got my own Otis. It's Otis Redding. It's yeah, Otis I've Redding. Got my own you know Otis. what I mean? They, I just don't mind. I don't mind somebody occupying the same lane i don't I mind totally that. agree that was what I, was my point why not just listen to but i think leon has done that yeah i think he has taken that comparison i think paul has too i think the last saint paul album yeah. moves it forward well so. i uh i see what you mean uh but you know look i i've got a high bar when it comes to that second album especially when you're in that pigeonhole space Absolutely. leon bridges coming home was such a like a monumentally uh, important album because it brought that sound back to a place like for a guy like it does nothing but 60 soul like me i was ecstatic to hear something like this right, right and ecstatic that, that that sound right. was now prevalent um st paul is the same way both of them i would probably not say this to paul's face because you know i love him too much but you know that those second albums they it's tough it's very tough. They're not that good. Uh and sophomore it's the sophomore jinx. And I didn't think the they Leon call it that for a reason. I didn't think the Leon Bridges second album was, was as good as the first. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult when you are pigeonholed like that. And the other problem that Leon had is that if he's worried about being pigeonholed, he did that to himself. Did you ever see the live show? I mean, when you when you sound like Le- uh, sound like Sam Cooke, dress like Sam Cooke, act like Sam Cooke, dance like Sam Cooke, I mean, you're sort of doing that to yourself. The gold standard for me when it came to this is Alabama Shakes. They put out an album that you could very well be like, I don't know where they go from here. I don't know if they can expand on this sound. And holy God, did she do it as well as I can remember anybody in that vein. You've got such an iconic sound. How do you take that and then expand upon it? The Shakes are really the only band that I can think of that did that. It's really, really tough, and it's something that I I have talked for many, many years uh, with artists about. And and one of my favorite, and I don't remember who it was. I wish I could because it's such a great line. (laughs) What happens is you have that first album, it blows up, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you see nothing but the inside of a bus windshield. You know, the label is trying to milk every penny out of you that they can for as long as they can off of that album. So too often the next album is written about life on a bus. <laughs> and uh, I can't remember who I was interviewing, but he says, yeah, nobody cares that your chauffeur's having a bad day. That's <laughs> a yeah. great line. But that's what the albums become, you know. Suddenly it's I miss my family, I miss my home, you know, whatever your uh-huh. life on a bus is about. So you you miss some of that. So, 
Plus, you've got label people in your ear telling yeah. you it needs to sound like the first one, yeah. and that's why that one's kind of tough. But, but what, uh, what if what if you're somebody that has written a bunch of really big hits, maybe even number one song, maybe even two number one songs, then you want to break out onto your own and do your own thing. Do you think that's as difficult as somebody who's had a really successful first album and then has to write another one and get out of I don't know, say the box that they're in, which one's harder? It depends on who the person is probably because it, again, it's, you know, you've had that taste of success. Mm -hmm. You want, do you want to repeat it? Do you want to completely undo yourself? Do you want to alienate your fans? This is the conflict. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is what, what I talk to all these guys and have for 30 years about. And, and, uh, it takes a confident, well, you know, Leon is again, one of those, he's a young guy. He was, what washing dishes oh, he's a baby he was washing dishes in 2015 mm-hmm. and then this thing blows up you know we've talked to you and i on this show talked to some of those guys that had ajr took what eight years ten years right. it's a whole different animal than suddenly your first song blows up yeah and then you got all these people in your ear trying to tell you what to do so well the reason i ask is because there's somebody playing the who stage that has written two number one singles and now it's trying to do it on their own. And talk about it, um, a formidable experience to write number one singles for Halsey and Zara Larson, and then all of a sudden find yourself in a Tennessee field in the middle of the summer on a Saturday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. This is DeLacy, my man. So can somebody like DeLacy make the transition from being an amazing songwriter and writing songs for other artists and then all of a sudden do it herself. She's got a good formula. I've heard that song before. Yeah. It's yeah, called yeah. Jolene. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She's got a good formula. She's she knows exactly how she's, she's gonna got write a, a good song. voice too. A lot of times she's those, really good. those uh you know, studio songwriters uh don't always have the they don't translate talent. they don't translate they sure. write well for somebody else but i like that i really like her a lot but again because she's a who stage artist she's new she has one song i don't know what else she does we talked to drax project about it earlier you know how do you how do you fill up a set when you really only have four or five songs uh, gotten an amount of success really quickly and you're like uh, what do i do now uh, you know that's an interesting point and it's going to be the case with a lot of these bands right they're Again, they're new, they're young, they maybe have the one song. Yeah. Uh, they maybe, half of the set maybe is filled out with what they were doing five years ago. True. And, and like like Matt said earlier, he said, well, we've got a lot of new material. Right. Eh, and they I, also have that busking experience, which is... You can play anything. You can play anything, anytime, anywhere. We, You know, we have that, we have uh, street performers here in town and, and really just sort of picked up in the last couple of years. And the more I talk to them, the more, I don't know, it used to always kind of have that, eh... Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's what you do. Yeah, it sort of does still. It, well, <laughs> still no, does. it's changed. It really has cuz a lot of the the veteran local guys are digging it cuz a it, it you know, it's a decent little afternoon's worth of money for a couple True. hours work. True. But they really do like that that experience of having to figure out how to grab somebody's I attention. Think it's a great point. If you're like I, I'm sure there are like budding musicians that listen to this product, right? If you want to like get a good example as to how the the world works when it comes to this industry, and maybe give give you a game plan or or a, a roadmap to where to go and how to do this, boy, listen to that Drax Project conversation. Listen to the AJR conversation. They're telling you how to do it. 
That's how they did it. Yep. It's very rare that you're going to be a Bozzy. It's very rare that you're going to write one song and all of a sudden go number one. That yeah, just put, doesn't post happen. Post it on social media and boom, you're a superstar. Yeah. It doesn't uh, happen. You know, like DeLacy has to write, you know, number one singles. And even after that, she's still playing the Who stage on, you know, a Saturday afternoon. Or you could be somebody that also is playing the Who stage that I think is going to be the industry's next push. Uh, I know for a fact that they they love her and the labels and, and the label loves her. The label's trying to get her to a place. I don't know where that is. I don't even think they know. Um, you know, she's one of these Billie Eilish sort of enigmas. Like, do I put them onto radio? Do I put them into to festivals? We don't know where she fits. But uh, you better see her now because my bet is if there's a star that comes from the Who stage. It's going to be beautiful. There's some artists that you just know have it. Uh, they just got to figure out what it is. Bulo's got it. And if there's one that I know, no, no, is going to blow up at some point, I don't know when, but at some point, there's just too much of the machine behind her for it not to, at some point, start connecting uh, Bulo on the Who stage. Let me ask you a question based on okay. our last episode and something you just said and some of the comments that we got. Uh, first of all, thanks to everybody for sending all the great comments. Um, you guys are so nice, number one, but also the comments be, continue to get longer and more thought out. Right. And, and, uh, and, and I, I think people are enjoying the conversation that we're sparking. And one of those, based on last week, um, this idea of the cross pollination of all of the different genres. Mm -hmm. Where do you think that's going? And I'm asking you as a radio guy in particular. Mm -hmm. You just, you know, we're talking about labels trying to pigeonhole people. And mm -hmm. as we said last week, it's you and me and the labels that try to come up with all the, the record yeah. labels that try to come up with all these genre labels. Yeah. I find, I find the labels to be a lot like dad in that you have to pull dad's kicking and screaming out of their comfort zone to listen to something that they might not understand to begin with. Uh, you've talked about it a lot. You've learned a lot about what is going on today because your kids made you listen to it. Right, absolutely. The best example I can give is somebody like Billie Eilish. They know they have something, but they don't know what it is. And they're too scared to put it out because they're afraid of failing. You know, there's a lot of money that they've invested in Billie Eilish. Right. They've got... A load, I mean, millions and millions of dollars. If they make the wrong call, they're out a lot of money. So they're too scared to go in one direction. They're too scared to go into a different direction. So most of the time they tried to to ride the fence and do a little bit of both. Sure. And that's when it fails the most. The ones that the ones that they're counting on is somebody that they can ride the fence on and the public then tells them what the answer is. And that's what's happened to Billie Eilish. There is not an artist that is more like bizarre for the industry, at least my industry as to what to do with her. Cause she sounds, it doesn't sound right on the radio. It doesn't flow correctly. Uh, it's a totally different sound than we're used to. It's way too dark, but yet if you look at sales streams, she's everywhere, Thank you. absolutely well, everywhere. So the, the public has basically forced the label into doing this, that they probably wouldn't have done if it was, just by their own devices. I completely understand, but the labels have been that way forever. What's changed is there are now so many different outlets, like you said, with the streaming and all yeah. of that. Does, I mean, 
our own Kane Brown, who's from this area, Chattanooga, was very similar. You know, he was he was posting cover songs on social media and getting millions of likes, yeah. and the labels didn't want to have anything to do with it because they didn't know where to put him because he sort of mixes that hip hop and country. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, but it became too big. So you, you go. I'll go you one step further. Old Town Road right now from Little Nas X. Right, Little Nas X is just a guy that started playing around on that app TikTok. He, he writes this bizarrely weird song in a minute and a half, and now it is everywhere. Right. It's everywhere. Bieber's tweeting about it. The Jenners are tweeting about it. I'm playing it on our radio station. It is massive. It's selling like crazy. It's streaming like crazy. On the chart, it's like 38. Is that the one they just took off the chart like yesterday? On the country chart, yeah, country because chart, country yeah. had no idea what to do with it. But and then, so and, who's, and then, who's, I mean, is and the, then Billy is, Ray puts a remix with it. So now it's back on the country chart. Is that Doesn't a blame? I mean, is that, do we, do we fault the charts and the country folks and the labels and say, you guys are just missing out, quit, you know, quit well, trying to. to that that story is a little different because country radio and the country label industry, they're very protective. They, they do not like sharing their artists. And the second that an artist goes to another format, they write them off. So, like, for instance, the reason why Marin Morris is as difficult. So, if, to, to pull the curtain back a little bit, I really, really want to talk to Marin Morris. I like her a right. lot. We're I think trying. that she's, I think she is, she's got that Taylor Swift quality that the second that she wants to cross over and become major, she can. The problem is, is that I can't get her right now because country, la- the, 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 the ca- uh, what label she on? She's on Republic. Right. Um, the, the Nashville version of her label that she's on refuses to let her go. And so the pop side of their label is like, dude, do you understand how much money you're losing? Do you understand what you're doing to her career? But the countryside refuses to let their hooks out of her because they're so protective of their artists. So the second that something like Lil Nas X happens, they want it. But then when we take it, they're out. They're completely out. I I get what you're saying, and it's not new. But my my question is, everything else is new. Does it continue, or who's going to end up being the loser in all this? I guess because I'm not sure I'm asking the question right. Okay, but it sounds to me like if the fans want it, they're going to get it. They're going to get it one way or the other. See, this is where, and I know people dog on on pop radio and top forty radio, and as do I most of the time. But there's only one place that all of that stuff can find refuge. There's only one place where that stuff can just live, and that's Top 40 Radio because they're a catch-all for everything. They can take right, anything right. they want to from any format and put it right there and, and make it a thing. So collectively, as the 185 Top 40 Radio stations in the country, they can single-handedly, as an entity, make something, make something happen, which is why labels care so much about Top 40 Radio, no matter what you think about it. Um, alternative radio ain't doing that because there's not that many alternative radio stations. Triple A radio's not doing that. If you if you follow any of the data that that collects where the money goes, the first place it starts is always radio. And if you don't get, if you don't get that radio kick, it's going to be very difficult for you to actually maintain and keep a superstar and and monetize somebody the way that they probably should be monetized. I hear you. I'm I'm going to make a prediction based on nothing, just yeah. a gut feeling that a year from now it's going to look entirely different. I agree. Now, see, here's where this is the only difference. Yes, it's going to look a year different from a year now, from now. And yes, it looked different a year ago and a year before that, but what's been the constant? What you meant radio? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's been the constant since literally the 30s. 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, podcasts will come, satellite radio will come, and there'll be there'll be great appetizers and there'll be great side projects for the for the main meal. But if you don't have the radio play, yeah. it's going to be a lot more difficult. Now, what we love about Bonnaroo is that they position and program their festival almost in an anti-public sentiment. They uh, they almost they program this almost like, well, I don't really care what's popular. This is what we think are the tastemakers and what we like. That's why I enjoy the product so much. I agree, and I and I think we've kind of touched around it, danced around it. I think that was a big game changer for me. That that just that yeah, they don't they, program it based on what. That's right. We used to always say here. I mean, we're a mid-market town, so the shows that we used to get, if it didn't play on the radio, it wasn't going to sell a ticket. Mm-hmm. And Bonnaroo didn't care. That's right. Think about that. That was such a mind change. Yeah, that's you know, right. For me, for everybody, it was it. <laughs> the first thing you and I said today was, "I enjoy now more finding the bands I've that's never right. heard of." Fifteen years ago, that was not the case. Right. I mean, we might have said also, it because we were music snobs. We're, all, so we yeah, had we're also in the, the minority in, in wanting new product and and to absorb different things. But I think that's what Bonnaroo has created. I think it's changed the whole industry. I think people's podcasts now, uh, or not podcasts, their their playlists mm-hmm. are. I don't know because your your radio station is different. You play top forty stuff, and there are fans that listen to whatever you play. So there are still people who are influenced by what they that you choose for them to hear. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of people are like you and I. They would rather have forty acts like this Bonnaroo list than you know whatever. I understand, on the radio. but you under but. Somebody still curated it for them, right? Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah, somebody yeah, still yeah. curated their Spotify playlist, and Absolutely. somebody still created their their Pandora. Uh, but it's just a different mindset. It is a different mindset, but that's why. And I and I again, maybe that's why I love Bonnaroo so much is because I'm stuck in this world of something's been been chosen for me for so long, or I have chosen for so long. Bonnaroo is there, bec- and what I love about them so much is it gave it gave the type of music that I really loved a platform. And let that platform be its own entity and allowed you to survive and make a living just in that realm. Just right. in that. It's like like somebody like Courtney Barnett. I mean, I like that story. I like the Ron Gallo story. I like the Jurassic 5 stories. People who are not going to get any sort of love in any sort of mainstream fashion can make a very, very good living I'll go even just, smaller. just by doing you know, festivals like this. My guy Bahamas. Sure. I would have never, never run across Bahamas. Yeah. And while you were talking, I, I was just thinking the last couple of episodes that we've done, watching you react to Bonne Roulette and then this, you know, when we stumble across an act, where have they been? You yeah. know, that is a different thing. And mm-hmm. that to me is what's a lot of fun. So, yeah. Well, I, let's let's wrap this up. This is a, it's a long one today, but it's a good one. Let's uh, I've got one more. You've got one more. Let's uh, let's wrap it up with these two. I've got Ida May getting closer. I like Ida May a lot. So um, Rootsy Americana. Is that what you would call it? Yeah, yeah. Chris Kirkland and a, uh, Stephanie Jean. I have a tough time calling anything Americana. It's a very strange like description of a of an artist, don't you think? I always liked y'all country. Yes. Nobody says that anymore. <laughs> I like Ida May a lot. It's like shovels and rope if they had any energy whatsoever. <laughs> you know, I know you're not a once, shovels and rope. Once fan. shovels and rope wake up from their nap, that's Ida May. I like the harmonies are so good though, yeah, so I, so I like good. It. I like shovels and rope. And too. and to me, the, sh- the Ida May is is really your wheelhouse. 
that's about where Barry Quarter lives most of the time, right? Uh, I don't know that I have it most of the time. Really? No kidding. No, no, no. See, if I were to find a artist that I would identify most with Barry, it would probably be something like that. Yeah. No, I don't know why. You know, I don't, I'm not disagreeing, but no. Um, Interesting. I know you don't believe me, but I probably listen to, you know, a bass nectar more than you want to believe. Interesting. That is, well, if I... If you would believe me, yeah, I know it would be hard to believe, but if you would listen to me, I probably listen to something like Pinky Pinky more often than I'm willing to admit. An all-female garage punk band? I'm all in on that, yeah. That's, that is not what I picked. That sounds yeah. like uh, Frankie and Annette's uh, Rebellious Children hey, I'll take favorite it. band. That sounds I like it a lot. right down my alley. <laughs> hey, The What Podcast appreciates you. You want to uh, win some Bonnaroo tickets? Just drop us a line, thewhatpodcast.com. We got to do the drawing here, I think, in the next week or two. Yeah. Uh, to next week, we haven't done this. This is going to be completely out of the box next week, and I don't know how it's going to work. And frankly, I don't really care. But next week, we're going to try something completely different. Something completely different, but still maintain our Bonnaroo roots and talk about something that is essential Bonnaroo. Quintessential Bonnaroo. The thing that gets overlooked the most, the vendors. Mm. I want to talk to some of the vendors and some of the food, some of the the beer, some of the people that sell some stuff, some products. Maybe even if we can find a Shakedown Street person from years past. I'd like to talk to them next week on the What Podcast. You got any suggestions? You got any ideas? Drop us a line at whatpodcast.com or the what underscore podcast on Twitter or Instagram. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, 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 hey. How y'all feeling? Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year? That matter. With Brad Steiner and Barry Corner. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.